Okay, everybody, welcome back. This is Todd Sylvester once again with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. And I have one of the most amazing people on today, one of my really, really good friends, Wally Davis. Welcome. How you doing, Todd? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, Appreciate you bet, it. dude. I, I'm excited to have our listeners hear your story. I, I, I need to give some props to our sponsor, Veracity Networks, um, and Drew Peterson, uh, who, who made that possible. This sponsorship has been wonderful because it's really helped get the you know, spread the word out. And so I got to thank them and, uh, and for their uh, diligence and helping me out in there. So, but I'm excited today, man. We've, we've got, uh, we've got some good uh, momentum going on with this and, uh, this is going to be no different today. And so Wally, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Awesome. To be here. Happy to be here. Thanks. <laughs> yep. I've, so we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Like yep. We went to high school together, yeah. And I'll tell you, man, we got some crazy stories. <laughs> <laughs> we do that. We do. Yes, we do, man. Some fun times. Oh, some crazy times. Um, I, I do have to say this, and I hope it's okay. That one of my favorite memories of you, Wally, is when we were in your car. I think it was like a Cadillac or a Buick yeah, or something. A, it was a Toronado or a Toronado. <laughs> a big like boat a boat <laughs> had a huge engine huge engine <laughs> and wally back then man he was buff he was a big guy and he he took his shirt off and he had this wig this really long haired <laughs> wig and we would just pull put, up wait, on you people forgot i pulled put a little mascara on my white whiskers right. to make it look like i was a tough guy that's right <laughs> and we would just drive in that car and he would just pull up along someone and lock up the brakes and just screech it and jump out of the car and just scare the crap out of these kids and <laughs> Hey, you've been messing with my woman. You've been messing with my woman. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, but reason why I bring that up too, Wally, Wally's probably one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, you're just, you're fun loving, you're goofy, you like to have a good time. And, and I think that's why a lot of people feel safe and comfortable around you. You run a very successful business called People Trail, which we're going to get into. Um, he's married, he's got, a, a, he's, I guess, five kids total, yeah. which we'll get into as well. But just a great family man, great person overall. And you got a great story as well. So thank you for Absolutely. Uh, being, a, being willing to come share. So let's Happy start with where you grew up and a little bit about your family life. And Yeah, so um, gosh, I, I grew up in uh, Salt Lake, uh, Cottonwood Heights area pretty much uh from third grade on that's where i was in fact i think you were did you go to butler yes junior high mm -hmm. and butler elementary uh, i went to cottonwood heights elementary oh okay yeah so. so so yeah i think i we go back to junior high but yeah so grew up right at the mouth of big cottonwood canyon a beautiful area um always the things i remember about it is you know there were there were some things we went up to the river it was always dammed up or we'd dam it up and make a little swimming hole there right and back then it was like you know past past 7200 south really nothing was out there so right um it was a lot of uh, just open area to go out and play and hunt lizards and lizard so, hunting, lizard man. hunting yeah Dude, kids don't do that anymore no, i know i was out with uh, roman my son uh-huh last week and we caught a horny toad and he's so excited about it so we brought it home and that's you know, awesome lizard hunting so <laughs> yeah bet we used to do that as little kids because there was places everywhere to go now oh, yeah. my kids don't even know about lizard hunting yeah well there are lizards around here There's so. lizards yeah, yeah there used to be a lot yeah yeah it uh, must be a boy thing i don't know i but, guess so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
but anyway, um, yeah, grew up around the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon. Um, my family life was kind of crazy. I had, um, I'm from a family of 13. They're actually, and I'm exactly in the middle, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the deprived middle child. That's true. (laughs) I have, I have six older siblings and six younger siblings. And so, um, the, the interesting thing about that is I kind of, um, have two, two different families. One, you know, I'm sort of on the tail end of the older siblings and kind of was involved in their lives. Right. And when they kind of moved out of the house and on, I was one of the older of the younger siblings. So had kind of an interesting experience in my family life, um, with that. So yeah, that was kind of crazy. Was that, was that a tough thing being in the middle, like where you at times did feel you were deprived and yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always a joke, the deprived kid, you know, the, the, the older kids are the first kids come along and get all the benefits and, you know, <laughs> all the, but then the older kids are usually complaining that, yeah, you were really strict on us, but now you're lax on, on the younger kids. And I kind of had the worst of both worlds. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> no, right. but it, it was good. I think it's, uh, it's kind of who made, you know, it's kind of what made me who I am as far as my personality and things like that too. So, yeah. Did you get along with your siblings back then? I did. Then and- yep. Yep. We all got along great. Um, I mean, it was, um, you know, a big old house with a bunch of crazy kids running around and very strict kind of authoritation, authoritative father. And, right. um, you know, my mom was all obviously overwhelmed with all the kids and, um, you know, it was kind of crazy, but it was a, it was a good environment. They loved us and they provided a lot of love for us and, and, uh, it was a good environment to yeah. grow up in. Well, it's interesting because when I when I first got to know you really well in high school, um, I guess junior high as well, I knew you yeah. a little bit, but more so in high school, you were just this outgoing, you know, just seemed like you had all the confidence in the world. So it seems like that, that even though you were the middle child, it's, you were still able to cultivate that confidence and that yeah. outgoing spirit of you, that you had. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of you know, did a lot of searching for friends outside of the family, even though, you know, we were encouraged to, in my family is kind of weird. They encouraged us to, to just be our family, but I didn't like that, you know, just be friends with the family. We had enough siblings to be (laughs) friends with. Yeah, really. But I, I really, um, enjoyed people and I've always been a people person, had lots of friends around the neighborhood and go do crazy things with them. And, um, I think going back to what you said when we met, uh, I think w- was it the freshman basketball team that we yes. were on together? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, that oh, was yeah. a, a lot of, you know, in the locker room, crazy things, you know, making fun of things and just uh-huh. all, you know, the the funny things you do as kids. But yeah, I remember a lot of that too. So, um, yeah, I it's 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 been a good life. Yeah. Well, so growing up, let's get into some of the, you know, maybe the things that we don't a lot of times talk about. I mean, even though you were this confident kid and this and that, did, was there ever issues where you you struggled with certain beliefs you had about yourself or the world? Or can yeah, you, can you elaborate on that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, and interestingly enough, um, I still struggle with a lot of those same things, which is kind of funny. But, you know, um, self-image things, um, mm-hmm. I think. I think, you know, you, you talked about how I was humorous and funny. I, I sort of found a way to get attention from people by making them laugh. 
And so when I got uncomfortable in a situation or felt insecure or, you know, had a poor body image or something, I would make light of it um, to make someone laugh at it. And right. it and it worked for me, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I was a little chubby kid and, you know, I would, <laughs> I would run around and, you know, call myself the chubby kid and everybody would laugh at it. And eventually I grew out of that and then yeah. grew back into it right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I kind of did. I, I found a way through humor yeah. to make people laugh and connect with people. But deep down, I'll, I'll really admit that it, it probably stems from insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk about some of those insecurities. I mean, cause I think most kids obviously go through insecurities, some worse than others, depending right. on certain things. But you know, you, you, like you said, you grew up in a really good family that, you know, supported you in this and that. But I think most kids, you know, struggle through those insecurity pieces. Yeah, for sure. I think some of the insecurity really was, you know, I mean, because we had a large family, we weren't, um, you know, we weren't, my dad, he, he was a, he was a attorney and worked hard, but we didn't have a lot of money because we had a lot of kids. So we didn't have the nicest clothes and kind of back in the day when we were in school, mm-hmm. you didn't have these big, you know, companies, uh, that come out with where you can just get clothing anywhere and look fine. I mean, you had to be in the best, nicest, I don't know, maybe yeah. it's the same now, but you know, the, the name brand clothes and things like that at school. And I was never one of those kids. I was kind of the, the kid with the, uh, flooded pants, floods, and, right. you know, just sort of the dorky kid. Um, and those were, those were real insecurities for me, honestly, because a lot of my friends, we grew up in a neighborhood that you know of that where yeah. there was a lot of money yeah. and people were, you know, well off their parents did well. They had the nice cars. They were, you know, drove their cars to work or to school. And, you know, we drove around in that old Toronado, which was uh, <laughs> loaned to me very cautiously whenever I could get it. So if anyway. only your parents knew what we were doing with that. Car. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so I think, you know, yeah. really, that was one of my big insecurities was that I wasn't good enough because we didn't, you know, have everything that everybody yeah. had, the, the, yeah. the nice cars, the good clothes. Um, and I and I would play off of that a lot and uh, try to get make people laugh so that they would like me for, you know, instead of those other things, instead yeah. of having nice clothes or instead of being, you know, the popular kid with, you know, the the cool car or whatever, uh, make somebody laugh. And hey, that gets me some points. Right. So I became really proficient, honestly, at, at making people laugh. In fact, I don't know if you remember, but senior year I was I was voted um, the uh, I forgot in the mosts what they are, but it was the most humorous or most talented. Yes, I and remember so, that. Um, yeah. They they actually um, I was actually voted most talented and most humorous, but they would only let me pick one. So I figured talent was uh, <laughs> humor was a talent, so I picked talent. And that's what it is yeah. officially in the yearbook. But yeah, um, so I mean. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying it to kind of prove a point that I really focused on, you know, making people laugh yeah. to to point them away from real insecurities that I had as far as being, you know, not the cool kid because of cool clothes or or whatever. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I remember you were also in the school choir. Yep. And you you did a lot of even some goofy things in there that yeah. they allowed you to do. Absolutely. If I remember right. Yeah. Yep. 
That's true. <laughs> yeah, I had some some cartoon character voices that I used and you know, we would do goofy things in in Christmas programs and um I remember one time Sean Ogat, I don't know if you remember Sean, but oh, yeah. he's a good friend of mine yeah. to this day, but we went out and and sang endless love and I was the girl in it and dressed <laughs> up as a girl and it just it was at a, a um what is it called a what are they the an assembly assembly yeah, yeah. so I'm having a brain <laughs> freeze here but an assembly and you know that sort of created people you know they thought it was really funny and so it kind of got me into that known for doing crazy goofy things mm-hmm. um back back with the music thing though I will say that you know I grew up in a very musical family and that was okay. that was part of something that really formed uh, the character of who I am. My mom put me in piano lessons. And so I learned how to, you know, read music. I learned how to do some of those things. So that was something that I really appreciate in my family. Many of my siblings, you know, play instruments and are very musical. So that was something that I feel fortunate that was passed down to me. Um, right. So that I could capitalize on some of those opportunities, you know, when I got the opportunity to perform with music or singing or right. whatever. Yeah. Well, and again, watching you perform, I remember just, you seemed so confident in what you were doing and you, you know, I, I, do you have that endless love on video? That, I'd love to <laughs> I see that. I think it is somewhere actually. Dude, I think it's on one of the, dude, we got to see that. Yeah. Again. Wow. Yeah. Endless love. I can only imagine you were the woman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. But you know, listeners, that gives you a little taste of, I mean, that's who Wally was. He was just goofy, funny, you know, but I think a lot of times, you know, just because you were from the outside look like everything was amazing but we all have our insecurities and struggles and so i appreciate you sharing some of those with absolutely. me absolutely um and i think our listeners can relate to that as well and so let's talk let's jump ahead just a little bit so you you know you you graduate from high school from brighton and just kind of pick up from there what 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 were your dreams and hopes and goals at that time in your life yeah so um i was uh you know, I was I was raised in a religious family and and were uh, part of the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and and that was a big part of my upbringing, um, the values there and things like that and uh, you know as many people may know, missionaries go out on mission. So I spent two years on a mission, serving um, the people of California. Went to California, Santa Rosa. Um, kept up a lot of my goofy <laughs> things on the mission, you know, I, there were times I remember, uh, when we were on the mission, you know, a lot of times people would see us in California, these young guys in suits and short hair, and they would think we're weird. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I learned to do a lot of things like ride wheelies on my bike and go, you know, pass them. So they thought we were cool instead of dorky. <laughs> um, I remember one time in an apartment, apartment complex, we were out tracting. And in, for any of those who don't know what that is, we're out knocking doors and trying to get people to listen to us. Well, we had three people with us that time. And we had one of them go upstairs. And um, and then we'd knock on the door and say, um, hi, we're missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. We'd like to share with you a book from heaven. And then we'd we'd put our hands out and the guy upstairs would drop the book and it would like <laughs> land in our hands. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times people just started laughing, you know, because yeah, right. there was the guy upstairs all of a sudden his book falls out of the sky. And 
were sharing with them a copy of the Book of Mormon and it just tried to do goofy things like that. That, <laughs> uh, that and it. and people would respond well. They laughed. All right, come on in. We never. I don't think we ever like ended up teaching anybody. It kind of broke it, the ice. Yeah, it really did, yeah. and it was. Yeah. So I kept up a lot of my goofy stuff, even out on the mission. You know. Well, you you said earlier it's a you you look at it as a talent, and I I agree. I mean, I look at anyone that can actually get a crowd laughing, and do that. It's that's a talent, you know. Yeah. It's something that I don't feel I have that talent, you know. You know, I, I might make the crowd laugh, but but it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like whoops. Yeah. I screw that go. one up. You yeah. know, but. Uh, well, so yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, thing, and uh, so I and, and you know, and I've known you even for years, even after that, and you've always right. kind of been the even playing basketball with you, like yeah. just pick up basketball, yeah, where you're just being goofy sometimes, yeah. just <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta do that. I was a pretty intense guy too, and very competitive. Oh yeah, um, but it it uh, the goofiness seemed to help me out a little bit, and I, you're right, I think. I think everybody has talents that they are mm -hmm. naturally kind of, um, you know, they kind of, they kind of go towards and they, you know, they're, they, you take advantage of your strengths. And I think yeah. that's kind of what I seem to do, even though it was really a cover up for some of the insecurities, it really helped me out in my life too, even sure. with my business. I mean, yeah. a lot of the contacts I have now, a lot of the you know, friendships that I've formed over the mm -hmm. years, even, yeah. you know, not just with you, but with other people sure. doing business with them. And, 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 you know, like I said before, we grew up in a pretty, pretty affluent neighborhood. So a lot of these friends of mine went on, you know, you know how it is. A lot of the people in our school, yeah. they're very successful people For and sure, yeah. do really well. So those, those connections and those, um, relationships have done well for me over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, as you as you moved on from, you know, you come back from your mission and this and that, what did you end up doing? Did you go to college? Did you? Yeah, I start, I started right up at the University of Utah. I wasn't I wasn't really good at school, to be honest with you. I just um, <laughs> like in in <laughs> in in high school just kind of got by. You and I know we went that you know to yeah. the the the. Um, lower English class where we're spelling words out loud. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I didn't even Cat, care. C, exactly. A, T. Exactly. And we, I mean, I was like, I was the top of the class because everybody in there, you know, were learning disabled and I wasn't disabled. I just didn't put Apply. my mind to work and right. didn't work. Yeah. And I think I really, um, now that I look back at it was pretty, pretty smart kid, but just didn't apply myself and, right. and didn't, and yeah. so, you know, I just barely got by in high school, went to college and sat in these, you know, big tests and got a D minus on a test. And I'm like, what am I doing? I need to really study now and I need yeah. to really apply myself. So that was a wake up call for me too. Um, yeah. eventually kind of quit school because I started making money. I'm, I'm pretty good at sales and relationships. So I was able to secure a job where I, I made some, some pretty good money more than, than all my friends were making because they were in school working, you know, these jobs. Yeah. And so, um, but eventually what happened was I stayed where I was and all my friends started graduating from medical school and from, you know, they were attorneys and MBAs yeah. and then they started making all this money and I'm still where I was and realized that there's really a lot to school. At this point I was married, um, right. had a couple of kids 
my wife was getting her PhD. She was very focused on education. So I decided to go back to school at night and really hunker down and, right. and get an education. Yeah. So, so you ended up graduating from I college? I did actually got a, a undergrad in undergraduate degree in business and then a, a master's in, um, a, a master's of arts in, um, organizational management so gotcha. kind of a, okay. a business degree yeah right. and i knew you know back then you're a huge U university of utah fan sports wise as well yep you had some cousins if i remember josh grant that's and right. the grants played up there that's right and i remember we talked a lot about that yeah you know yeah um, so i knew that you were a huge utah fan back then absolutely still today i'm assuming yeah yep. it's uh you know and i think you know josh he and i are the same age so we're uh, still very close and talk to each other. But, you know, growing up, I was the type of family. Uh, BYU is a, is a religious school, and my dad was the biggest BYU fan there was. He's the type of guy that would, in our family prayers, pray for BYU to win. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds a little sacrilegious, but I'm, I think he really meant it. And yeah. so, <laughs> so when my best friend and cousin went to the University of Utah and I sort of switched teams, it was, uh -huh. it was a, none of my family ever, they're all BYU fans, but I kind of switched over to being a Utah fan. And ever since then, I've, I've kind of followed the Utes and, uh, so that's kind of the story there. But. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you still obviously stay in touch with Josh. and I do. Yeah. Yep. How's he doing? He's doing great. Good. Yeah. He works up at the University of Utah now. Oh, does he? He's okay. in the engineering department there. Oh, right on. And uh, has kind of been connected. He played in the NBA actually at Golden State for a year, his first yeah. year, and then went over to um, Europe and played for 10 years over there and made a grundle of money. And Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Good but yeah, you. we we still go to lunch, still see each other every once in a while. We both have busy lives, but uh, yeah, good guy. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, we yeah had some good battles with him against East. In, oh yeah, in the tournament and stuff. I remember so, that. Yeah, he's he's a baller. Yeah. Um. So let's let's jump ahead a little bit. You know, you you have a very successful business called People Trail. Mm -hmm. Explain to our listeners what the business is and kind of how you got started in this, because you know. You started it from nothing to where it is today, and it's pretty remarkable how big it's gotten. So yeah. tell, our, tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so like I said before, I was always in sales, and I worked for a, a company um, in sales doing um, selling background, actually drug testing, you know, where we would actually go out. Companies, before they hire someone, need to do a drug test on them, employment right. screening. Yeah. So I sold that to companies, and after a while, we got bought out by the largest company in the industry, and that's where I kind of learned the background screening side of it. Okay. So there's this, there's this whole industry for screening either potential employees or current employees to make sure that they're not doing drugs, make sure that they're not going to hurt any of your other workers, or you know that they come in um, to work and you know they're a violent offender or something, and they're going to steal money from you or whatever. So there's a lot of, especially since 9-11, it's, it's been really big um, to do a background check on people that you're going to, prospects that you're going to hire. So that industry really took off. And um, I, I was selling for the largest company um, in the industry for a long time. And I met a guy at the gym. I don't know if you know Barton Taylor. Do you know Barton I don't, Taylor? I don't. He owns a, a software company that does, uh, it, it handles background screening. Okay. And so I met him at the gym and he's like, hey, 
I'm, I have this small company that I was just bought out and I don't want to lose all the clients because they're using this software that I've developed. You're in this business. Do you want to come over here and, and, um, you know, do your own thing? He offered me 50% equity. He, um, you know, put money into it. He was the investor kind of, we mm -hmm. had a small group of clients, right. but not very many. And I came in and, and took over that and haven't really looked back. So, I mean, that we were doing, I don't know, we had maybe 50 clients. We were, we had some revenue, but since then we've, we've grown to a multi-million dollar company and right. we're, we're doing hundreds and thousands of backgrounds and drug tests every day in every state and helping out a lot of employers with compliance and things like that. So helping them to keep, keep the bad guys out of the workplace, I guess. <laughs> so. Wow. So talk about that for a minute. Cause that's no easy task. What, what you've done. I mean, you just, you just kind of said, well, we went from here to here, Yeah. but that's not an easy transition. No, it really isn't. You know, it, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of getting, um, you know, getting down in the dirt and doing what you need to do. You know, you, I've always been, um, you know, the owner or the CEO of the company, but as mm -hmm. a founder, you also are every other position in the company. Right. You're, you're yeah. HR person, you know, and when there's only two of you, HR is not that big, but once you grow to a larger yeah. company, you know, you eventually hire people for all these hats that you're wearing. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, uh, starting a business from, from the ground up because you got to do, do all the positions and, right. you know, you got to get out there and you got to go do the background check or do the drug test, you know, where, yeah. uh, at this point I hire people that can handle that stuff. But, um, it, it really taught me a lot about work going back to, again, you know, the education thing that I saw where all my friends started passing me up. Right. It, it was because I had kind of settled, you know, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm going to stay here. Right. Well, really in the business world, it's the same thing. I could, you know, just settle, um, for this small company that had a few, that had a few clients, but right. is that what we really want? You know, is that what I really want out of life? And so I had to get down and do a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And it's funny, my kids, you know, will come to me a lot of times and say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to sweep the floor. I don't want to put away the dishes. Right. Well, how many times you know, just how many times do you do something that you don't want to do? Yeah. It, 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 you have to, you yeah. have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah, you do. And it's, uh, well, what, what do they say? Like successful people who are really successful do the things that no one wants to do. Yeah. Because we all have to do them. Yeah. But if you don't and you're unwilling to do those things, that, cause in every, even if you're doing something you absolutely love, there's still parts of it that you, you know, deep down, I don't really want to do yeah, that, but you exactly. have to, you have to plow through that. Exactly. Which is really critical. So. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, Todd, I think, I think that's part of what has made me successful because, because doing things that you don't want to do, um, makes you learn the business in a lot more, uh, detailed way than if you just hire people to do everything for you. And I'm not, I'm not saying you know, that someone can't come in with money sure. and, and investment and still run a company well. But for my particular situation, I believe that, that, um, you know, the reason I'm, I'm successful or where I'm at today is because I did get down and do the things that I didn't want to do. 
And, you know, that's become less and less, you know, I don't do, I don't, I don't mop the bathrooms anymore, but I'm not above it. You know, I'm right. happy to go in and do whatever needs to be done to, sure. to help my business uh, grow. So well, I love that. And that's, that's great advice for anyone who's out there thinking about, I, I'd love to start my own business or do my own thing. It comes down to learn every little piece of it. Be the one that does every little part of it. Don't be above mopping the bathroom if yeah. you have to, you know. Yeah, I love that. That's a great. That's a great way of looking at it. So your company now is how big is it? You're saying it's in every state now. Yep, we we do. Um, so we contract with um, court researchers all across the nation. There's probably thirty or three thousand jurisdictions throughout the nation that that handle court records. We just contract with people to go into the courts and pull records from them. We do stuff internationally. The footprint of our company is really um, what our what our clients are, you know, okay. where they hire. So we have a lot of clients okay. that hire, you know, internationally outside of the United States. So you become automatically yeah, part of all kind of, that. of a global, yeah. global thing and laws wow, and that's cool. procedures are different in different countries and hiring things are different in different countries. But, you know, it's we we just help our clients wherever they're hiring and do what they need. Yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. Yep. That's Wally's phone. Yeah, that's my phone. It's working. We didn't think it was working, but <laughs> it's working. It works. It's I just <laughs> can't answer it. The screen is dead. So, um, well, I mean, there, we could spend another hour on your business and, uh, uh, not that I don't want to, but I want to get into, you know, you've been through some tough times recently with your family, with your wife, especially mm-hmm. Allison, right? Yep. And, uh, if you're open to that, if you could share kind of what you've gone through and kind of how you guys have persevered and how she's overall doing. and Absolutely. Yeah, so about a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago, my wife was diagnosed with a, a stage three uh, breast cancer. That's a, um, a pretty aggressive growing. She, she actually had a mammogram in January and it came back clear. And in March of the same year, this is last year, in March of the same year, felt a, a pretty aggressive lump in her breast. Mm. And by April, May, which is about this time last year, it had like dramatically increased in size. So we went in for a diagnostic and they're like, oh, yeah, this is an aggressive cancer. We need to get it out oh. right now. So, I mean, there wasn't any time of like you know, what do we do? It was like, we need to do chemotherapy to shrink it right away, which in and of itself, anyone who's been through that, it's a very harsh, um, it's a harsh thing um, physically. They And because of the aggressiveness of her cancer, you know, they I think they call it the red devil, the one that she was on. It's a uh, um, mm. very great. Basically, they just pump a bunch of poison into your body to kill the cancer. And it kills a bunch of other without things killing too. You. Yeah, without killing you. Yeah, wow. Um, she's had her her lifetime um, maximum of this type of drug, so she can't do any more. It will kill her. So um, that was that was quite a experience to go through that last year, and then have the um, after the chemotherapy, they did the uh, double mastectomy where they took off both of her breasts, and you know, for a woman, that's a, a hard thing. That's yeah. part of their I don't know, maybe not, not for her, but some people look at that as part of their, um, their womanhood and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she fed her babies with those and it's, it's something that is very personal and now she doesn't have them. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that, 
that that that's a discussion for her but i guess my perspective on it is it, it was really a difficult thing to go through because you know yeah. we got a lot of attention a lot of people that love us and gave us uh meals and brought you know neighbors and things like that but um she got a lot of attention and not to say that she didn't need it but it was really hard for me at times to sit back and have the you know concerns that i have about her um, and her well-being and she's the mother of my children you know all the what ifs is she not here you know what are these things how are we going to do this and how am i going to handle this financially took a tremendous amount of time off work, which I felt like took away from my business. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, now that I look back on it, um, I feel like I'm talking a lot here, but no. now that I look back on it, it, it actually um, was a blessing in disguise that I had my own business because I could take off time. We have a five-year-old kid, you know, four-year-old <clears> at the time, needed care while she was going to her appointments, being poked and prodded and scanned and all those things that happens when yeah. you have cancer. And um, it was just a very trying time. And I I learned that I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. That was the hardest job <laughs> I've ever had, honestly. Right, right. That's, that's got to be the hardest thing that a person does is take care of kids at home and um, gained a new respect for my wife and um, – yeah. So yeah, and for and moms anyone in general. Who, yeah, moms in general. Yeah, for I sure. know. I I see what my my own wife did and how much time and effort they put into the kids, and it's it's remarkable, and uh, it really is, you know, probably the toughest job out there because it's just twenty four seven. Yeah, it just doesn't stop. Not, and it's not really rewarding. I mean, yeah. at least immediately, you have your kids that love you, right? And, um. Yeah. You know, and then their progression obviously is a reward of how you know they they go on to accomplish things, but it's definitely not immediate reward. I mean, yeah, changing a poopy diaper or whatever, you know, that's not <laughs> yeah. it's not fun, right? Yeah. So, so you, your wife Allison's how's she doing now? She's doing great. So she's been through all the radiation. Now she um, is just on a hormone suppressing. Uh, drug which she gets a shot every month it's called zolodex and gets that pumped into her makes her a little bit sick but she's doing great her attitude is amazing she's been um she's been a rock throughout this whole this whole uh cancer thing for mm -hmm. the past year i don't know if officially she's been declared cancer free yet but you know they've got everything out as far as um all of the the cancer cells right They've kind of burned it with the radiation, whatever they do, they spot treat it. And yeah. So, so she's been through all that and hopefully, um, you know, she's actually going right now to do a scan on her head, um, just to make sure, but sure. yeah, so there'll be some preventative things, but as far as I know, she's, she's pretty much through the hardest That's part good of it. To hear. We're moving on. Yeah. Wow. So how, how have you grown as a man going through all this, like just, you know, obviously you said, yeah, you had to do all these sacrifices and stuff, but you look back on it, like I would do it again. Absolutely. You know, what, 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 what's the overall take, I guess is what I should say through this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I think the overall take is that, um, and I, I've gained a lot of respect for women, not, not to like categorize women in a, in a, in a, you know, box, but I, I think, 
and, and you may relate to this, but women are just better at multitasking. At least they're better than me. And, you know, maybe there are some men that multitask too, but yeah. I, I need to be focused on one thing. And when I have all these other things going that are very important, that need to get done at mm -hmm. the same time, yeah. it's very difficult for me. And I was completely 100% overwhelmed. Yeah. And, you know, again, not to generalize, but in, in my situation with my wife, she, I know she's good at multitasking and I'm not. And so to be able to be put in a situation where I was forced to do so many things, you know, worry about a, a, a big business, worry about clients, worry about kids getting to school, to Taekwondo appointments, worrying about getting my wife to her chemo appointments, worry about getting, you know, all those things, coordinating those things was way more difficult for me than it would have been for her, I think. Um, so I really learned um, to just kind of set back and just what is important, mm -hmm. what needs to be done, what's the most important thing to me, my family, my kids, my wife, so I let a lot of things go, honestly. I let yeah. a lot of things go at work. Um, and really, those things don't matter. I mean, I yeah. maybe I didn't, you know, maybe I would have been a larger company now had I really just focused on that one big client or something. But, you know, I let a lot of things go and uh, took care of the, the things that are really important to me. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think God has really blessed me for doing that because I haven't really had a significant hiccup in my business, you know, in my family, with my kids, you know, all the things that I, mm -hmm. I'm taking care of, there hasn't been a significant uh, hiccup or problem. And we've got through the cancer, she's okay. And everything has turned out, you know, on the other side of it has turned out to be really, really positive. Right, wow, that's very well said. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad you said it that way. And I really, and I've said this before on this belief cast, that life happens for us. Yeah. I really do. And yeah, it, as hard as that was that you were going through, Wally, like you even say, now you can look through it, and like you're glad you went through it because you were able to let go of some things that weren't as important. This is what's important. Yeah. And it allowed you to, like you said, that be able to focus on that one thing, which is my family right now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a w good way of saying it and looking at it. Yeah. Well, um, I know there's a lot more to your story, but uh, I, uh, I want, I, if you could give any advice or any challenge to our listeners who might be listening right now, who may be going through cancer or have someone going through that, or they're trying to start a business, whatever. Can you, is there any advice that you could give someone out there that might be going through that stuff? Yeah. I think, I think um, a lot of times we get in our own, in our own heads and, and, you know, think we have problems or there's this issue that I'm dealing with. And we kind of go around uh, selfishly, if I might put it that way, thinking about our problems and the things that we need to overcome. And realistically, every human being on this earth is going through their own trial, their own mm -hmm. set of circumstances that are hard for them. Right. And I, I think... I became aware of that a lot while I was in my kind of selfish attitude. I'd bump into people and they had been through these struggles and they had been through all these things that they'd gone through. And I was, it just, it was an epiphany to me to realize that everybody is going through their 
their crap. You know, everybody right. has their stuff that they're living in. And it, and it makes me a little bit more compassionate when I run into people too. And little less judgmental, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. knowing that, that everybody's got their stuff to deal with and mine may be hard, but so is theirs to them. The other thing really quickly sure. is, is they may not be going exactly through what I'm going through and they may be able to handle what I'm going through better than I can. Um, you know, but, but what they're going through or what I'm going through is hard for me. And I, and I think, that's been evidence to me throughout, uh, yeah. you know, looking back throughout this and, and seeing the challenges that I've faced. Maybe someone could have handled it really a lot better than I did, but um, I went through it for a reason. Well, yeah, and I love that because it's all relative because, you know, I always laugh when it's like, well, someone has it a lot worse than you. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really help in the moment because this Not is my all. challenge right now. Exactly. This is my mountain. Yeah, I can sit and judge you while I will. I would handle it so much better than Wally would have. But it's it, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with that's your challenge. That's your Mount Everest you're trying to climb. I'm over here climbing this one. And you might look at mine and go, well, Todd, all you got to do is this, 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 and yeah. this. Well, this is my challenge for a reason because it's my challenge. Yeah. So I always laugh when someone says, well, someone has it a lot worse than you. Yes. And yeah, can we point out people for that sure. have it worse? For sure. But it doesn't help in the moment because I'm going through this and it's my challenge. Yeah. So I'm glad you said it that way. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good, good advice. Um, So if people want to get to know more about you, you know, like learn more about what you do for a business, learn more about People Trail even, mm-hmm. or if they want to reach out to you who... They want to get some advice about how did you deal with this cancer? I got a spouse going through it as well. You know, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you and get to know you better? Absolutely. I I mean, I'm on social media. That My business is on social media, People Trail, um, peopletrail.com. There's a number there. Um, my email address, I don't know if you want to just email me at wallyd, W-A-L-L-Y-D, at peopletrail.com. Um, you know, feel free to get a hold of me. I'd be happy to talk to anybody, you know. Yeah. Um, e- email probably is first, social media maybe second, and then yeah. we could always set up something if they wanted to learn more. Yeah. Hear no, I it. love that. Um, because I know there's a lot of our listeners who uh, are going through a challenge uh, in their life, and you know, it might be good for them to reach out to someone who's been through something or at the tail end of a certain challenge and. Yeah. And uh, be able to get some advice on that. And so I appreciate your being willing to share that. And for sure. And I do know this about Wally, that he is the guy that would help. I mean, he really is. He's one of the most caring guys I've known. He's helped me a lot in some of my uh, previous business adventures. And so I, I can't tell you and, you know, thank, Thanks, thank you Tom. enough for that, Wally. Um, but you really are a giving person. Yeah. And, uh, you were seriously one of the funniest dudes. <laughs> I mean, class uh, clown. What, yeah, I think what a were, thing to be known for. Huh? Yeah, but yeah. it was good because you, yeah. you lightened up the mood for a lot of people. You know, I heard once a comedian say, I think it was actually Jim Carrey that says his purpose in, you know, being humorous and, uh-huh. and doing stand up comedy was to relieve people from concern. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's so true. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you were the funny guy. For that moment, people were laughing. You're relieving these people from any concern they might be going through in the moment. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, and even myself in some and ways. And, and yourself. Yeah. Relieving yourself from some things you're struggling with. But, yeah. I mean, we have, you know, I've got more stories in my head that I've been thinking about, you know, <laughs> when you were boxing Devin. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, you about, he about bit his tongue off. Yeah. Or was it your tongue? Yeah, it was my tongue. Yeah, he, yeah. he backhanded Dean, you. Dean Thompson took me to the... Yeah, I was there with took you. Took me to the thing and sewed up my tongue. And yeah. We're, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and... uh but Did you ever go to the totem pole place? Where, yes. Oh, yeah. Where we went down yes. there at night. And Walker like, Lane. Yeah, Walker Lane. Yeah. That was all the scary Look at this thing. totem pole. I know. <laughs> it means oh, nothing, but we I were know. like, oh, it's got to be yeah. something scary. But oh, yeah, you, but you're just an overall good guy. And, you know, f- you know, to my listeners, if you honestly, if you have any questions whatsoever, and if your business is looking for a very reliable company that can do background checks and drug testing for your organization, or you're looking for someone else that can be more reliable, check out People Trail and Wally because they do an, a fantastic job from going from 50 clients to now you're global. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's I mean, that's a, a rare ride. thing, dude. It's been a fun ride. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time, Wally, Absolutely, for sharing Todd. your story with us. Yeah, and I appreciate you and your friendship. You're, yeah, thank you've always you. been a good good friend thank you man well I, the, the feelings mutual and i gotta thank the listeners thank you so much for your support um you know i'll be real with you guys you know i'm new at you know i'm new at doing belief cast podcasting i've screwed up several times you've you've probably heard of a previous uh <laughs> um belief cast that i did that the sound was horrible it was all my fault but uh thank you for sticking in there with me i've got some Great guests. While I got more coming, it's just going to be better. I love just hearing great stories, and I and I want to thank you for your support. And again, thanks to Veracity Networks. And while I thanks once again, man, you're a great man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Till next time.